You are listening to Subtle Disruptors Melbourne. This is the first series of the podcast, Subtle Disruptors, telling the stories of those who are quietly having an amazing, positive impact on their city and the world. I always knew that accountants had an amazing opportunity to really make an impact because everyone has an accountant. And while money isn't the most important thing in the world, it, it is at some point going to determine you know, what you eat, where you, where you sleep, where you travel, and the, the thing that's close to my heart, how, how much impact that you make in the world. This episode offers a sneak peek of what will be happening on the podcast next year. My guests this week are from Brisbane, one of four cities I will be featuring on Subtle Disruptors. While we recorded in Melbourne, this conversation is different for another reason. It is the first time I've interviewed two people, who in this case are partners from the accounting firm Inspire CA. Accountants are not the first people to come to mind when I think about guests for this podcast. It is a prejudice I am embarrassed by, particularly after being referred to this week's guests. I'm embarrassed because I think that any profession, venture, industry or life can be subtly disruptive and have a positive impact on those it interacts with. And what better way to do it than through strengthening the business fundamentals of other purposeful, heart-led businesses and people. I'm Adam Murray and thanks for joining me as I talk with Harvey Penney and Ben Walker on the subtle disruption of accounting. First question I ask people is, where are we? Describe where we are. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I might take this one. This yeah. is probably one of my most favourite places in Australia. We're at uh, Thank You HQ, or the Melbourne headquarters of the Thank You Group. Uh, so if you guys don't know what Thank You is, they're uh, an amazing, amazingly inspirational social enterprise. And you've probably seen their water bottles around, and um, kind of like when you walk down the street and you somewhat see someone drinking some of their water, because you just know they must be a cool dude uh, or girl. But um, the basis of thank you is their water. Um, when we have a glass of, or bottle of their water here, it goes to fund um, water and aid projects in, in foreign lands and in places where people need it most. So, um, yeah, it's awesome to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful office as yeah. well. So I think there's three levels of the office. I've been, this is my second time here. And um, yeah, we're just on level two in one of the many meeting rooms, but you can just feel the energy in here, right? Mm, like there's absolutely. 40 odd people. It's just, yeah, cool place to work. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. Uh, <laughs> so you guys are from Brisbane and we're in Melbourne, in um, Collingwood, in Melbourne. Um, why did you choose, well, typically we would have picked a place in Brisbane and done this interview in <laughs> Brisbane, but it's just so worked out that, you know, we're doing it in Melbourne. But why did you pick Thank You HQ for the scene of the interview? Yeah, well, um, we, we love inspirational things, and so what Jared and Justine and, and Daniel do here is just simply inspirational. Um, but we also love making a difference, and you know, we're not all doctors and we don't run a, an organisation like Thank You HQ, but in our own little way, we like to try and make a difference, whether it be with our clients, or we're going to talk a little bit later about how we uh, integrate social giving into, into our own business. And also, through the influence that we have as, as accountants and advisors, try to do the same um, in our clients' businesses. So I sort of see these guys as real disruptors and game changers and, and trailblazers in the way they do things. Yeah. And they've sort of led the way. So we've, we, we're just trying to live up to their standards in terms of the impact that they're making on the world. So I think it's very appropriate for, for the journey that we're all on. Yeah. Even call their nappies trailblazers, which is just... <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to get a photo of that later, <laughs> just for people that are listening there. It's a new product line that Thank You's just launched, mm. is that right? It's their, um, their, their kids stuff and their disposable nappies and uh, 
the, the nappies are called trailblazers, which is uh, <laughs> it's just awesome. We're just looking at them right now at the window. Very funny. Um, cool. So maybe, I guess, do you want to talk a little bit about your business to start with? So you guys are accountants. It's Inspire CA. Is yeah. that right? Yep. Do you know out of interest what CA stands for? I would have said chartered account. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell me tell me about lots of accounting firms. I'm talking to you guys for a reason. Tell me about what's a bit different about your accounting firm. Yeah, I um well I might I might start where it I'll go to where it all started. Um, and that was um, I had a couple of years working with a, a big four accounting firm. Uh, and it, it was, you know, a couple of years after that, it's not really a nice place to work. Uh, you're incentivized to, you know, um, do some very interesting things like, uh, but I guess your focus is not on your client, it's on uh, getting enough hours in the day that um, you put on your timesheet, bill, bill the client, and then you know, everyone makes money and everyone's happy. But there's no, um, I guess, conscious effort to, to really delight your, your client. Um, so anyway, I had it a bit there and I shifted to a smaller uh, accounting firm uh, in the suburbs and um, I actually got a really good understanding of what impact that we can have on um, our clients through just making that financial side of, of their business and, and their, even their home life a little bit easier, uh, you know, communicating in a, in a, in a good way and, and um, saving them tax and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and I guess... Um, <laughs> A few things uh, were starting to pop up in the accounting industry, things like Xero, um, which is uh, a cool accounting software. Mm. Uh, Speaking of disruptors. Yeah, exactly right. They're, uh, they're massive disrupting of the um, yeah, accounting software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly subtle, though. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, and just a few other things like changing the, the model of uh, how we even work with our customers, so getting rid of the timesheet and focusing on what impact um, that we can have on our clients and so a couple of years of working with that firm I thought oh you know I'm being just really pushed towards starting this thing this accounting firm where um, yeah we, we do a lot of things quite differently and, and um, yeah and Inspire CA was born yeah very cool what are what are some of the things that you do do differently I'll have a go um, I love like what the thing you guys do is they've got this cool app which means which says track your impact and you can see the impact that you know one little purchase makes so I do love measurable impact in what we do and mm. um, so we did a really fun campaign a little bit earlier this year because um, like what is the first thing what, what do you think about when you think about accounts like what they do for their clients in essence uh, what they do on a day to day basis or yeah. uh, look at spreadsheets <laughs> lots of spreadsheets so hopefully when they do that right then they end up saving some tax uh, for their clients and so um, the trouble is is that um, everyone pays tax and it's probably not that great a thing it's probably not the, the favourite thing that Australians do but um, within the tax we pay there's tax that we don't need to pay and the only way that you can find out which you do need to pay versus the stuff you don't is through you know, a great advisor an accountant and for them to do some proactive tax planning before 30th of June. Now, the trouble with the rest of the accounting industry is that not many people do tax planning because you've got to be proactive and you've got to really kick down the doors of your clients. And so that frustrated us. We thought, well, we're not going to just do tax planning this year. We're going to go public with a, a, a BHAG or a, 
a big, hairy, audacious goal. And so I said to Beating one day, so bro, I think we need to go public on how much tax we're going to save for our clients and our community um, in this next period. Um, how much do you think we should commit? Like, what's a number that would scare you? Uh, or I literally said, well, what's a number that would make you crap your pants? And yep, that's it. Um, what did you say was that number? I, th I thought half a million dollars would be like, no way we could get that. So <laughs> half a million dollars was crap your pants amount. Yeah, and he said that and I crap my pants, so there's a lot of crapping going on. So <laughs> probably, we could probably do nappies. some of these nappies. <laughs> got the trial yeah. uh, we told our team they crap their pants, and so we thought this is, this is the number. Like, this is going to be something that exerts us. And I never actually thought we'd get there because... Um, it's just such a crazy number, and we were only a small team at the time. Mm. Half a million dollars is a lot of money uh, to, to be saved in tax. But I thought, I'm sure we might just get a bit of credibility for at least trying. Um, anyway, the campaign uh, went on, we started with some education, we taught people about tax planning strategies, the stuff that accountants didn't typically um, get out of their way to, to teach you about. Uh, and Betty did some amazing tax planning with our clients, and we, we very quickly, halfway through the campaign, got well over $500,000, wow, yeah. which was cool. So we, we all just like, wow, blew ourselves away. Uh, but then everyone started saying, hey, you guys should go for the mill. We should go for the mill because we still had a few weeks to go. And we thought, screw it, let's just do it. Let's go ahead and let's try for a mill. So what was the Save 500000 became the Save One Mill Tax Campaign. <laughs> um, we got all through all of our clients. We had new clients come on board. We did tax planning with them. It was like two or three days out from the end of the financial year and we were all exhausted. We had no clients left. And so basically we did this live video because we do that a lot and we said, hey guys, it's really fun. We started out trying to do 500, we didn't think we'd get there and we're pretty much done. We've got three days left and we're up to like 981,000. And we basically called it quits and that was our celebration video. I was like, whew, yeah, we're done. Yeah. Um, and then Benny basically said, I asked him, would you think we'd get a million dollars saved? And he goes, nah, we're, we're, we're done. And then we, <laughs> we stopped the live video and then what, 10, 15 minutes later, somebody called and said, hey, I've been watching you guys campaign about saving tax and I, I really need a hand. And it was a big, big client and we'd done some work with him for a long time and I think Benny spent like six hours with him in the boardroom the following day just looking under, under the hood. And uh, which is like looking into his financials and <laughs> seeing, <laughs> seeing if we could do anything. Yeah. And, um, and essentially I got a call that night and yeah, long story short, the, the camp had ended uh, probably about two or three hours before the end of financial year. Mm. And, um, and yeah, we ended up getting $1.26 million saved. Wow. Um, from the whole campaign, and that last client was a was a doozy. Uh, to didn't just trickle us over to the million, like well over. Yeah. And yeah, so you can probably go onto Facebook or, or onto our website, and you'll see the the celebration video we actually did. We got the one point two, and it was it was crazy. But what was really crazy about not just the tax save, but we had people like clients and business owners of ours sending in thank you cards and they were sending in roses and chocolates and we had people doing videos and sending them in and saying how grateful they were for, for the measurable impact we, we had made yeah. for them and showing us the holidays they were on that they could take now because we had done this practice <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. But, um, and then, yeah, we went off four-wheel driving at uh, Fraser Island <laughs> yeah. the following day and it was just like, yeah, major celebration. <laughs> so yeah. just, just one example of a couple of the fun things that we do. Yeah. Um, just, just to, to do things differently. Yeah. Um, so I'm not an accountant and Ben is. And so um, we try to do things that, because like typically accountants are, have a bad name about being a bit boring uh, in what they do. 
Um, inevitably, that comes up whenever we speak or get interviewed, and we ask, like, what, what do you think of when you think of accountants? And the B word comes up. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is funny, but it just means that we've got a bit of work to do to help change that perception. Mm. So yeah. doing things a little bit differently and, and disrupting. Oh, well, we don't, I don't think we actively go out to disrupt, but if it's no. a byproduct of, of doing things differently and change that perception, then, then so be it. Yeah, well, walking in here, you guys certainly don't look like accountants, so <laughs> ticking that box. Yeah, very cool. Um, I'm interested to, because, you know, whilst, you know, lots of people might say it's boring, I don't think any, everyone knows how important it is as well. And particularly anyone that's running their own business or running a household, um, maybe in, maybe if you're in a bigger organisation, it's a little bit easy to be shielded from it because everyone's looking at their own particular area but as soon as you know for me I came from big four consulting company as well uh, but consulting not, um, I wasn't doing auditing or accounting but so I had no idea where my salary actually came from and then I moved to Sydney and I started running a co-working space a small business up there. and I was the general manager so I was I was across everything and it was my job to do sales accounts pay the staff, all that kind of stuff. And for the first time, you know, I was looking at the bank account thinking, okay, we've got to pay wages in a week. That means I have to collect invoices to get them into the account to get <laughs> wages paid. Right. I'm like, so much just made sense to me at that point because when I'm working at IBM, it, it doesn't even seem to work that way. So, yeah, I think particularly small business people understand how important it is. Like, how, how do you help small businesses like what what um what are the most important things for them to get right i suppose well um there's, there's definitely a number of different ways we can help them um, you know things like getting them in the right business structures a lot of accountants um, set up a structure like a company or trust and and don't explain it to the client and and it's usually set up in a really bad way uh, so that's that's an example of something where we go, okay, well, let's communicate it to you in a way you understand it and optimise it for, for tax and, and protecting your assets. Um, another big way which we've found has actually been through helping business owners understand, uh, you know, for every dollar in their bank account, what, what needs to happen with it. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, how much do you set aside for tax? How much do you set aside for your actual profit, you know? A lot, of, a lot of people, uh, profit's the last thing they think about. Money comes in, they, they pay their expenses, they take a bit out to put food on the table. Oh, there's the bass, we might you know, take some money out for that and there's nothing left. Or, or you know, some are going backwards, you know. It's, it's not, not cool and it's high stress in, in that situation. Yeah. Um, so, so another um, yeah, really stress-relieving way we can, we can help uh, our clients is actually by teaching them uh, a system that makes that easy. You know, when money does come in, they know exactly what percentage needs to go away from ta for tax. Yeah. Exactly how much is, is profit, how much comes out for you know food on the table, and, and then whatever's left over that goes to expenses. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, having getting those fundamentals right early on and being financially literate, training like mm. you say is just <laughs> it's crucial. And like you know, you think of a business like Thank You as well. It's doing so much good, but if they don't have the the business fundamentals right, the good that they do is going to stop pretty quickly. That's right. Um, I think about them a lot because uh, they've got a beautiful model um, where it's 100% of their profits go to supporting projects. And so 
if they don't get their profits right, there's so many people who depend on them mm. to, to, to actually make a profit. And unfortunately, we meet so many business owners who we say, oh, how, how's profit going? And they just, it's, they laugh like it's a, a long lost cousin that they haven't seen for like 16, 17 years <laughs> since they started business because it just seems like such a distant memory. And that's a real shame because typically we all went into business with these great aspirations of, I want freedom, I want control over my time, I'm going to have all this leftover money and I'm going to use it to have a great lifestyle and, and, and make a difference in the world. Yeah. And then all those factors you mentioned all catch up. Oh, I've got to pay payroll, I've got to pay for this, mm-hmm. pay for that. And you end up at the end of the day and end of the year and there's sort of nothing left over. Um, so one of the core principles, and I'd love to teach now because it means that they could implement it without ever having to know anybody, um, is an understanding of Parkinson's law. Have you ever heard of Parkinson's law before? I get confused between all the laws, so yeah, refresh yeah, us on Parkinson's law. <laughs> so Parkinson's law, it's an easy one, just says that an available resource will always be used up. So if you think of a simple example, I'm a big Kiwi guy and in New Zealand we just love to eat. Go have a big game of rugby and then come in and have a feed that mum or auntie's made us. And so, I don't know if you've ever had this scenario, but if, if you've got a plate, we fill up our plate and you start munching away, yum, 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 yum. and when do you f- stop eating? Do you stop eating three quarters of the way when you feel full? Or, or do you keep going until the plate's always empty? And <laughs> you should be always empty. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And if you're Kiwi, you probably go ahead for seconds and thirds <laughs> yeah. and keep, keep loading up. So um, Parkinson's law said that available resource will always be used up. And so using that plate analogy, if you're constantly filling up your plate, you'll, you'll just eat it until it's gone. Not until you're satisfied, until you know that you're full, or until you think you should stop, but just until it's always gone. Yeah. And so applying that to a, a business context, um, you know, cash flow is the biggest challenge that all business owners face. And so if you have your business bank account and you have all your money going in, Parkinson's law says you'll keep spending and spending and spending and spending until when? There's none left. Until there's absolutely none left. Even though if you get three quarters away and you're, you, you conceptually know that I should stop or have you, it's ingrained into us. Whether you're a Kiwi or it's just a human element, a human trait. And so part of what we teach in that, that literacy you spoke about is actually that a lot of what accountants have been teaching, the whole accounting framework is, is flawed because it says that sales minus expenses equals profit. But now we know that Parkinson's law said that we'll make a sale and we'll keep spending until there's nothing left. Yeah. <laughs> and people wonder why there's never any profit left over. It's because of Parkinson's law. So. That formula that the accountants have taught for years and years, it works on paper, um, but as long as you're a human being who has emotions and, and needs and we're very rational people, uh, it'll never ever work. Um, and so what we do is we teach our clients to flip the model. And you can do this if you're listening, you just go out and set up your separate profit war chest, we call it. Uh, and if we know that we're gonna keep spending and spending until it's all gone, then a percentage of every dollar that walks into the front door, a percentage of that, no matter how small you start with, go straight into your profit war chest and keep it away so you can't get ridiculous and spend it or, or what have you. And you'll be surprised at how quickly that builds up. And you can go back to human behaviors and keep spending until it's all gone because you put your profit first. Mm. Um, and I spoke to Daniel Flynn, who's the founder of Thank You, and, and he wrote it in his book actually, the, the chapter one book was about protecting your profit. And it was because he has so many global projects around the world who are dependent on them making a profit, they do the exact same thing. Yet, we often don't treat ourselves in that same way. We think about, well, who depends on us to make a profit? Uh, is it our children, mm. is it our husbands or wives, ourselves? Like, we put all this effort in to run a business. 
then you should make a profit. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in fact, if you do that, you can look after your family and hopefully you can do amazing things and make a difference in the world. It's what we love, uh, love to do. And uh, yeah, so that's one little tip. I think that no matter where you're at in business or what business you're in, no matter how big or small it is, uh, remember Parkinson's law and the fact that we have that tendency to keep eating till it's all gone. Yeah. So uh, put that little bit offside into your profit war chest, even if it's just 1%. And uh, you'll be surprised at how quickly it builds up. And, um, and at least you put first things first. I think that's an awesome tip. Um, I'm starting my own business and it's about to launch. And it's one that I'm just like, I'm firing it away right now. I was just saying <laughs> that. I've got one bank account. We need to create another one. The business I was in recently used to, my, the founder, my manager used to say, you know, we've always we've paid ourselves first. Or like in terms of the business mm. and the business I think even actually, so they used to distribute profit to the shareholders of that business, but they'd also have 20% of the profit that they parked for a rainy day yeah, as well. Smart. And that just kind of, it was kind of like a percentage of that percentage that you're talking about. And they just let that build up over time. Um, and they also paid their profit quarterly too, which I think is probably another, another good way to ensure that you are, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah not just spending it all too, like what you're talking about, distribute it to the people that need it. Yeah, yeah. well it's, like you said, it's, it's the thing that big companies do, public list companies, they distribute profits every quarter to their shareholders and it's just yeah. what they do. Whereas we're trying to just bring that concept now down to small business to say, well, because you think about it, profit is your reward for being a good business owner. And if you never have that reward, then it wouldn't take very long to be in business and not being rewarded and not being thanked and, and what have you for all the hard work you do to start to lose some of your vigor, to start to lose some of your uh, enthusiasm and vitality about why you're, you're doing things. So yeah. A, it's important to have a profit, uh, and B, it's really important to enjoy it every quarter. So those quarterly distributions, um, part of why Benny and I are down here uh, in Melbourne is part of it is our profit enjoyment, if you like. So yeah, we've, cool. we've taken our distributions and Actually, we got really disappointed. We, we love going to Chin Chin's. That's oh, like yeah. our favorite place to go. <laughs> so like running down to Chin Chin's for our first night for our big reward dinner, and they're closed like at the moment. Oh, are they? They're yeah, renovating. Big, big renovations. Oh, so right. Oh, shed, no. a, shed a little tear, and then we found another place around the corner, uh, Lucy Lou's, which is pretty cool. Lucy Lou's is awesome yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it wasn't, wasn't bad. But again, it's, it's during these times where we had to, to take a bit of time out of the office and you know reward ourselves for all the hard work uh, that we're doing that... Now that we go back to Brisbane tomorrow morning and, and start work on Monday, we've got this refreshed outlook of saying, yes, I've, I've tasted the fruits of my labor and you know, we've had a great time down here. Yeah. Now let's get back into it for the next quarter. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to our next distribution and our next yeah. reward. Yeah. So yeah, it, it works. Trust yeah. me, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, ben, I've got a question for you then. You, you, know, you talked a bit about small business. What about for small families or you know, households? What sort of... I mean, what are some of your, your good tips? What do you commonly come across and how, what are some really practical things families can do? Yeah, yeah um, very good question. Um, so uh, actually one, one thing uh, Harvey and I aren't really happy about is that we, we live in a world where um, one in two businesses actually fail um, and, and similarly um, one in two uh, marriages actually end in divorce. Now, one of the common uh, problems with marriages is actually money and, and managing the finances. Uh, you know, similarly, in, in the business, you can put this sort of framework in where you take the profit first and, and put aside tax. And I think you can just apply that same system in a, in a family sense where 
uh, you know, the, the, the salaries that are coming in or the owners pay from the business that, that's coming in can actually be split into those um, you know, for different purposes and, and um, have some control over that mm. um, cash flow. Yeah. So you, you, that's something that you yes to your clients often is to, is to park some of the cash for enjoyment. You, you're, you can encourage them to have separate bank accounts, like a, a different bank account. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. So you know things like you know, run, running the household expenses and uh, putting some aside for holidays. That's that sort of thing. Yeah. You can um, yeah implement. Yeah. Cool. I'm curious about how you guys met as well. <laughs> ben, you've got an accounting background. Harvey, I'm not sure what your background is, but not an accounting background from what you've mentioned. Uh, Do you want to talk about how you guys <laughs> met and the partnership that you formed? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is an accounting background. It isn't. So I started studying accounting um, back at QUT. Okay. Um, we grew up, just personally, um, why I chose accounting, um, we grew up in a pretty poor uh, part of New Zealand um, in the north, and that's why mum and dad brought us here to Australia, the, the land of opportunity essentially it was, and it still is really. Um, and because we never had any money as a family, it kind of limited our ability to, to, to do many things. And so when I had a chance to go to uni, I thought, you know, this is my chance to sort of turn things around for a family and, and help give us some more choice. And so I chose accounting because I thought, well, accountants sit there all day counting all this money and counting everybody else's money. They must have plenty of their own. And, um, and, and that was my sort of motivation on going into it, but it didn't last very long. It was like six months in, I was like, man, this is so boring. Like tax law and, and all those complicated things, just not my, 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 my digs. Yeah. Um, but I was at the time working as, a, uh, as an intern in, a, in an accounting firm. Um, that a friend of mine owned and I'd helped uh, the CEO start a consulting business. So uh, at this time I'd already run my own businesses uh, prior to joining the firm. So I was kind of streetwise, I knew how business worked. And um, so him and I helped, uh, well, built a, a business that consulted to other accountants. And it was basically, you know, we were doing a great job in, in his accounting firm, so we'd share some of those successes with other accountants so that they could, you know, be more meaningful and have a more meaningful uh, role in their clients' lives. Yeah. And um, so I worked with over about five and a half years, uh, about 600 accounting firms uh, around Australia. Wow. So it was, yeah. it was really fun and lots of travel and got to see, you know, what the best of the best were doing yeah. and all helped them get up to that point. Um, and yeah, one day I got a phone call from this guy. He goes, oh, hey, Harves, uh, I've heard about the great work you do with helping people do more than just tax. I'm like, yep, what are you up to? What's your dream? He goes, oh, I work in a, in a in a big firm and now I'm working in a smaller firm and I'm still frustrated with not being able to do what I want to be doing, the impact I want to make for my clients. And I've got this dream for a firm that's got a bar and a cafe in the middle and we get together and we do events and <laughs> yeah. you know, do all these fun community-based things. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, and that guy was Ben Walker. So yeah. uh, him and I started a commercial relationship together. Like I was, he was my client and I'd consult to him during that time. And then our commercial relationship ended, but a personal relationship began after that. So um, when you come to Inspire, we, we, we literally have that dream has come true. There's a cool bar right in the center of the really? universe. And, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, we love, we love some beers, hey. <laughs> um, we, we do events, uh, and, and that's happened um, kind of very regularly ever since um, Inspire first got off the ground. Uh, in fact, Benny's wearing a t-shirt now of, an, of another radical game changers called uh, Orange Sky Laundry. Yeah. Um, and so they were guest speakers at our event that we had just, just before we came down here uh, to Melbourne. So, um, yeah, so um, I finished up and saw my share in that business and um, wanted to, again, um, 
make a bigger impact uh, on the world. And I always knew that accountants had an amazing opportunity to really make an impact because everyone has an accountant. And while money isn't the most important thing in the world, it, it is at some point going to determine you know, what you eat, where you, where you sleep, where you travel, and the, the thing that's close to my heart, how, how much impact that you make in the world. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I knocked on Betty's door and said, I remember the vision that you first started with. Uh, let's combine forces uh, and do this thing uh, together. So that was just over, just over a year ago now that um, I've yeah. got half of Inspire. And ever since then, we've been a little bit of, um, yeah, shaking things up a little bit, which has been fun. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that impact part of it then that you, you touched on there. Like, what, I mean, what kind of impact do you, do you want to have through your work and then that you hope the people that you work with are having as well? Mm. Um, well, I guess the, the impact can be described on, on many levels. I mean, the first place it, it should really start is having that impact on yourself. Um, so, and it's kind of like you know, when, they, when you get on an airplane and they say, uh, you know, in the case of emergency, put, put the oxygen on yourself before you put it on anybody else. Yeah. And so you know, if, you, if you look after yourself while you're running your business, then you can look after your family. Uh, you can look after your team as well. Um, you know, team are a really, really important part of, um, of what we do personally and, and um, we believe is the success in, in our business and other businesses too. Um, so if you get that right, they can look after your clients. Uh, and, and also, if, you, if we've got you know, hundreds of, of business owners uh, who are you know, looking after themselves as well, basically it's this con- cascading levels of, uh, of impact uh, where you know, business owners are doing good things in their communities uh, and, and if that's happening all around the world then that is only a good thing. Yeah. And the types of, you mentioned orange, orange sky laundry, is that right? Yeah. You mentioned? yeah. What types of businesses are you tending to attract as well? I'm curious about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether there's a similar, there are similarities in the businesses uh, we do attract but I think there's more similarities with the philosophy and the values that we share. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the most evident thing um, with, with who we work with. Yeah. Um, you know, if they, if they see us, um, you know, supporting things like Orange Sky Laundry uh, or, or Thank You, for instance, uh, then you know, that, that's, that's usually a point of connection and, and rapport and they kind of get us yeah. uh, and, and we get them. You know, we're driven for more than just money. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll ask from, a, I'll answer from a sort of a, a, a business uh, development perspective is you probably heard that, uh, that that saying you can't boil the ocean so you've got to choose a niche that you can have like really strong focus and impact in and I'd worked with hundreds of accountants and I never and I saw people have niche like oh we're accountants for doctors or we're accountants for dentists and that but neither Ben or I were really passionate about one you know industry vertical uh, in essence but so we looked back and we thought okay we've got to do this niche thing but who are we going to choose or what are we going to choose because you can't boil the ocean Um, and so we just looked back to what we were passionate about we knew you know as as our common theme and what drew us together is that we love family like family is the most important thing in the world nothing is nothing is higher than that and so we thought look well that's it that makes sense there's you you heard the stats one or two businesses fail three or four marriages end in divorce surely they're related and you know sure enough it's, it's cash flow that prompts most of these uh, challenge that people have so we thought okay how can we help these young families use their small business to achieve big goals mm. and that was that became our tagline like 14 months ago but it really just encapsulated both the journey that Ben and I are on ourselves in terms of we were, we've got our own families we've got a business called Inspire and we want to make 
um, some big goals happen, both personally for ourselves and the impact we make on our clients in the world. And so in that sense, like Benny said, it's, yeah, you could be a dentist, which we've got lots of dentists. You could be a builder or a, uh, you know, an online marketer. Um, yeah. But what brings us all together is the fact that the whole reason why we do all this thing is because of family. That's, that's number one. Um, and we just happen to be numbers people. That's number one on our priority too. So yeah. Uh, so it's a different take on the niche. Um, but uh, my, my vibe yeah. is that, that philosophy is, is pretty powerful for yeah. for us and for, for business moving forward. Yeah, that's great. Um, a couple of, I usually ask a couple of questions as we start to wrap up, but I've got one before that that I want to ask you about Brisbane in particular. And mm. I'm just curious about, you know, what what is, what's some of the cool stuff? What's the vibe in Brisbane? You know, what sort of, um, what, what are you noticing about some of the people that are perhaps are coming to your events or, you know, what are some of the emerging things that are happening in the small business community of Brisbane? Yeah, okay. Um, so I was actually born and raised in Brisbane, haven't really gone too far yeah. out. Um, <laughs> and I guess, yeah, a lot of, a lot of sort of the general, you know, news and, and business feel nationally it's kind of oh the mining slump and you know I think business is bad but um, what we're finding is it it's it's all what you make of it and there's um, in particular with with what we're seeing in Brisbane is that there's people just absolutely smashing it having uh, years uh, year on year they're just growing and growing so um, yeah uh, you know, I don't think it's got anything to do with um, mining for instance I mean that does have its effect but it's yeah it's, it's what you make of it yeah and there is tons of development happening, so property development at the moment up there as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, pretty interesting this city. You got anything that you're noticing, Harvey? Yeah, um, we've kindly finally caught up with the ages. Like Uber was just legalised <laughs> last <laughs> Monday, which is crazy. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, oh, I, that, I caught an Uber on the first day then. Yeah, that would have been it when you were up in Brazil. Oh so gosh, all the yeah. Ubers would have been like cheering, cheering themselves in the sky. But it was just ridiculous. Like they call Queensland the nanny state, so we've got all <laughs> sorts of laws and things that we can and can't do. And like on the Uber front, I think. Um, every taxi company or licensee holder is getting a hundred thousand uh, dollar payment from the government to support them through this innovation and disruption, which is just so stupid. So, Brisbane, I think, by comparison, has always been a little bit behind the times with, with the rest of um, its cooler cousins like Sydney uh, and Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, but some of the cool things that are flowing up, we're starting to get a lot of uh, co-working spaces uh, popping up uh, quite regularly in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, so we went from having one or two where people go, what's a co-working space? Yeah. <laughs> uh, to now there's sort of five or, or eight that I can think of just off the top of my head that I know. Um, so that whole collaboration movement is getting more and more popular and people understanding that. Yeah. Uh, and same too with our events, like we've had easily 2,000 people, individuals through our events over the last couple of years, which is crazy, but we get some pretty cool speakers. Um, we had um, Philip DeBella, who's um, done amazing things with coffee in and around the whole of Australia. Yeah. Uh, had Karen Jacobson, she's the Australian voice of Siri, so the voice inside of 19 million phones. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah which wow. is pretty cool. Yeah. Richard Bell is a former um, general manager of the Entourage, uh, which is you know, a really big uh, group of entrepreneurs. So yeah. we're, the, the people we're meeting are loving, uh, are, as, on, are small business owners and entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and they're just loving this collaboration movement about why we treat each other like competitors, why couldn't we just get mm -hmm. together, you know, share what's working for us in, in this journey called 
business and entrepreneurship, which yeah. is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, hence the need for nappies quite regularly. <laughs> and, um, and you know, if you are on your own, you know, if you are solo, then how could we, you know, have a beer together and su support each other? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the, the collaboration movement, finally catching up um, to Brisbane, even if, um, even if it took a little bit longer than, <laughs> than the other cities. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was, as we mentioned, I was up there Monday and Tuesday this week, and I felt, I really enjoyed the vibe there, and there's a real, I was talking to a lot of government people, and there's a lot of focus on uh, digital transformation and um, innovation as well, mm. so um, seems like there's some, yeah, cool things happening. That's it. Uh, the, yeah, a couple of questions as we wrap up. The first one, I haven't asked this to two people before, so maybe I can ask you individually or you can answer together as a business, but it's about a, I guess, a subtle disruption that you dream about being part of one day. So outside of accounting or, you know, something that you fantasize about or daydream about, you might never be part of it, but, you know, what's just something that you'd love to be part of disrupting? Hmm. Who's going to go first? <laughs> <laughs> you can fire away. Yeah. Um, we actually went to an event yesterday uh, down here run by uh, K KPI, or Key Person of Influence, Dent Global, and they asked us a really powerful question. And the question was, in um, if you were three minutes out from your deathbed and you had to give your grandchildren, grandchild one piece of advice that sort of summarised everything, what, what would it have been? And we wrote five things down, but it, two of the things really come to mind with, with what you've just asked. And two things I wrote was, um, number one, family is the most important thing in the world. Nothing will ever sort of outride that. And, and number two, the, the greatest joy and happiness comes from, from giving, from, from helping others, people that you love, people that you care about, and even some people who you'll, you'll never ever get to meet. And so, um, personally, the disruption I'd love to be part of um, is a change in mindset as, as in humanity as a whole around how could we think more abundantly about the resources that we've got access to or about, say, running a business, an example, not so that we could be rich and drive Ferraris and get in cars and private planes, but so that we could collectively help make a difference in the world. So uh, you, you spoke about that dream of future. Uh, my dream is a world of, of giving, where people are, have increased their social consciousness and are aware of what you know, the, the people that are around them and whether they know those people or not and what they could do uh, to perhaps help. So I'd love to sort of drive humanity forward in that sense to say, hey, how can we help each other out? <laughs> Just yeah. a little bit more with whatever resources we had access to. So I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, what about you, Ben? Yeah, uh, I guess a, a great place where um, you, you can see those social or the, the sort of categories of ways you can help the world move forward in, in, a, in a social sense is the UN Global Goals. Have you seen? Uh, they've just been released. Are they yeah. or updated? Um, I think, yeah, yep. So um, in the last sort of 12 months or so, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess, um, I think as, as humans, we're all drawn to um, help people. And if you ask a business owner why they went in, it's usually somehow to help um, their clients or their customers with, with something that they care a lot about. Um, and, um, you know, there's a couple of goals that sort of stand out to me. Uh, my dad was a, a chef. Um, and uh, as a kid, I was always fed very well. Um, and um, I went to a conference a couple of years ago, and Oz Harvest were, were talking there. And they said this, it was like one, uh, actually, even um, reconfirmed by Orange Sky uh, the other week, one in 200 people um, in, in Australia. Like, this isn't 
you know, a third world country. We're, we're a very fortunate nation, but one in 200 people um, are homeless. And um, with homelessness, there's, you know, there's things like shelter, but there's also food. And I was thinking, hang on, you know, food is something that's just been, there's always been enough of, in fact, too much <laughs> of growing up. You know, what would it be like not being able to have a meal? Um, and that hit me like a ton of bricks when I was in this conference of, uh, probably about yeah, 18 months ago. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's something I'm not happy about. It's just, it's just horrible. Um, and um, you know, things like uh, oppression or um, inequality is, is another thing that's very, very important to me. Like uh, you know, seeing people hate people because of race, religion, or gender, or whatever. Um, that's you know, everyone really, really deserves their, their fair chance and their, their own um, sort of thing of who they are. You know, no one can say, hey, you're wrong or whatever, um, as long as they're not hurting someone, <laughs> I guess. And that's, yeah, I, I hate seeing that sort of stuff happen um, in 2016, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's good. You know what I thought you were going to say, bro? What was that? <laughs> I dream of a day when people stop calling accountants boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think we look at spreadsheets all day. <laughs> uh, we do look at spreadsheets most days. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the final question is about yourselves and mm. a, a subtle disruption or a small change that you've made in your own life that's had a large impact or that's mm. um, enabled you to be where you are now or sustained you on your journey. Hmm. I think I know your one. You did it all the way here. You can answer for uh, yeah. <laughs> Did it on the way. Yeah, I'll give you a clue. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's uh, Harvey's, Harvey's talking about my recent obsession with yoga. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, um, I did it a couple of years ago and um, like consistently for a couple of months and remember just feeling really good, flexible and, and um, yeah, just energetic. And I've gotten into it over the last couple of months again. And um, yeah, I was sitting in the, uh, oh, not sitting, I was probably doing some weird pose <laughs> in, in the class the other day. And, uh, and towards the end, the instructor's like, all right, we've got some newbies over here. Uh, you know, we, we won't get them to start, but um, can this side of the room start with the om? <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, Harvey. <laughs> How did you go? He's not letting me forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I led the room. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Mindfulness movement. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my, my little uh, sort of trick or habit has been um, just reading. Um, so I'm not university qualified um, and I, I don't ever plan on being. Um, but I have read probably more books than the average person has uh, over time. And it's kind of, it's amazing when you think about the abundance of information that's out there. So business, for example, things are tough. Uh, if you have a challenge in marketing, you can find 50 books on it. Or in personal life, if you're having a challenge with relationships or how you deal with people or, you know, what, what, what purpose of your role here on the planet, then you know, somebody's been through that before and can give you some, some guidance on that. And my little advance hack on that is I'm a pretty impatient guy. Um, so I'll listen to audiobooks. So you can just do two things at once during that. Or if you're super duper impatient, you can listen to them at two, three, or four speed. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and so you can sort of download somebody's, you know, like take Daniel Flynn, and his book's not on uh, Audible yet, but you can take his, you know, past seven years of experience making radical impact in, in that space and conceptually listen to it in the next three hours or four hours if you, if you train your mind. And that's just, 
you know, the abundance of information that's out there and how quickly you can take that on board, what an advantage that you have over someone who perhaps doesn't take advantage of that stuff. So that's always given a, a bit of an edge yeah. and also just a new way of, or a new lens for which to look at things. So yeah. it's a sneaky little secret. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Guys, that brings us to a close. Thanks so much for um, inviting me in here. For um, agreeing to be on the podcast and for sharing about your lives and the business. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, bro. Thanks for having us. Well done on what you're doing. (laughs) Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Subtle Disruptors. I hope you got something out of it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, including any suggestions you have for guests. You can get me on email through adam at subtledisruptors.com. And if you enjoyed listening and would like to be part of getting the word out about the Subtle Disruptors of Melbourne, A great way to do this is through jumping into iTunes and rating and reviewing this podcast. I'm Adam Murray, and I look forward to hearing about your own subtle disruption. Bye for now.